Welcome to Simon Says Inspire, a podcast about life, leadership, and building legacies. I'm John Simon Sr., and today my co-host is Rich Simon. Rich, as you can remember, was the fourth episode of Simon Says Inspire, and we talked about his education, and we talked about his job and the travels that he has uh, had over the years. But we also talked about a couple of his passions, one of them being off-roading. So Rich and I, we left this morning. It is uh, January the 29th. We left about 8 o'clock this morning from Egan, Minnesota. And right now we're headed on Interstate 35 South. We're going to make a a side trip that we hadn't had planned before. But we're going to make a trip over to Lincoln to visit Amanda and chat with her a little bit about. She received information yesterday that she was accepted in a prestigious summer program in northern Italy that she'll be attending this summer. So we'll talk to her a little bit about that tonight. But Rich, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Well, thank you for co-hosting this. Dean is back working in in Egan, and I told her that we would do this podcast. But first of all, let's talk a little bit about your love for for off-roading. It, I think it all started five or six years ago, and we're right now in a Jeep. And why a Jeep as opposed to maybe a Ford Bronco or one of your other off-road vehicles like a Range Rover or Land Rover? It's it's old school, right? So it's you could probably hear a lot of road noise. Right now, in the background, we're going about 70 miles an hour, and I love that it's the manual transmission. I love that we get the lift in it. Um, I don't love that the radio went out. <laughs> For the first hour of the trip, we had a lot of good music and, and sports talk that we were listening to, and then all of a sudden, it went blank on us. So we do have a, a problem with, with the radio, but we'll survive using the cell phones. Yeah, but I got into off-roading. It was actually Shannon and Jonathan, so my sister and brother-in-law. They were doing off-roading out in Colorado, and I've off-roaded out there numerous times. And I, I love just going up into the mountains, going off into places where... You know, it's difficult to get to if you don't have a Jeep or, you know, some other type of off-road vehicle. I've been able to meet a lot of great people on the trails, regardless of what they're driving. You know, different different types of Jeeps, different types of uh, Broncos, Toyotas, whatever. Uh, All are welcome. Doesn't matter what you drive. It's just a lot of fun. And, you know, just, I, I just, I love getting outdoors and, and doing, doing outdoor stuff. So... Yeah. Well, I noticed whenever I see the vehicle, you have badges on the the fenders from from Jeep of places that you have traveled to, and it's interesting because an awful lot of them are, are from Colorado. You said Shannon and Jonathan, you've gone there a number of times. I think you've gone to Moab, Utah, also. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So the places where I've off roaded is. Western Colorado. That's in the Uray Telluride area. It's beautiful. It's and then you have Moab, which isn't too far from there, which is a, a lot different type of off-roading and scenery, a lot of what they call slick rock. I've off-roaded in Michigan, obviously Minnesota, where I live, Wyoming. I think I saw one from South Dakota, was it? Oh, yep, yep, yeah, Black Hills in South Dakota. All of those different places, and on this trip, hopefully we'll do, we'll do a little bit more down south 
We'll see how the weather holds out for us, but we're planning a place in Kansas to go to tomorrow. And then we'll, we'll see from there. Our original plan was to go over to Hot Springs, Arkansas, up into the hills there, but they've had a whole bunch of rain. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where, where the Jeep takes us. Well, that's the good thing about uh, having an open schedule because you can change on the fly if the weather changes or if uh, you, you find another location that you would like to travel to. Looking at the badges on the, on the vehicle now, as I said, a lot of them are from Colorado. You have Black Bear Pass, you have Engineer Mountain. Which one of those was probably the most dangerous that you traveled to? Well, I don't know. I kind of felt like Engineer was, especially up towards the top, but most people are going to say Black Bear Pass. That's the famous one where there's these 180 degree switchbacks on them. And more than one time as somebody rolled down that, you know, about three, four, maybe 5,000 feet into Telluride. And it's, it's probably more intimidating that, you know, than, than anything. But as long as you pay attention and you're safe about it, it's, it really wasn't too bad. I, I will say it was one of the most gorgeous places when you're up by Bridalvale Falls there and just looking down into Telluride, it, it's absolutely amazing. And again, it's one of those things, unless you're in an off-road vehicle, uh, you're not going to be able to see that view in person. You can see the pictures, but if you really want to see it, the pictures just do not do it justice. Well, I think last year you went on another trip out there. You went up, up past Uray and Lake Dallas. Yeah, it, you know, we did a whole bunch of, of the the trails that's known as the Alpine Loop. And, yeah, it's just, it's just gorgeous. They're, they're really just county roads up there. But they're all up the mountains and, you know, things like Hurricane Path and Gypsy's Gulch. And then some of the other ones that you mentioned, Ophir and Black Bear. And so I've been out there a few times, and it's always a great experience. Now, the badges that you have on the vehicle, how do you end up getting those? Yeah, so they have, Jeep has a program where it's called Badge of Honor, and there's other programs that are similar to it, but that one's directly through Jeep, where you, you essentially just use your phone, and you, I, I don't remember how many there are, there's like, there's like 50 or 60 of them in the country, in the U.S., and you use your navigation on your phone when you're close enough to a badge, you can do a trail, you can check in and then complete it. And then they'll send you, you know, a badge to, to put on your vehicle or to, to put on, you know, on your wall or something. A lot of people put them on the vehicles. I choose to do that. But other people I've seen on different social media sites, people creating some, some kind of unique ways to, to display it. But it, it's really just a, it's kind of a participation trophy. <laughs> but it's still it's still fun um and it's it's kind of a talking point about your vehicle well other badges of honor that i think you've talked about in the past are maybe when you have a little incident or accident whenever you're on the trail with fenders and paint and and just little minor mishaps like that well you're talking about the tents and when you hit a tree you, you rip a fender off i've only done that a few times but you know it pops back on and you know you, you're you're on your way, but if you don't have you know a, a few dings and, and dents in your in your vehicle, you're probably not trying hard enough. Well, I I remember Rich was down in, in Dallas in in December, and we were riding around one day, and we saw a Jeep go by, and uh, he said, "I can tell you that Jeep there has never been off 
eroding because when you take a look at it, it's perfect. And if you have a perfect one, you didn't buy it to go off-roading on. You just rode, you just bought it so that you could have a Jeep. So on one of my fenders, I've got a big, huge dent in it. And in my front bumper, I've, I've, I've got a dent in it. And I was up in Michigan. There's a story behind all of them, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like getting a, getting a scar. You, you know, you know the story. You'll always remember the story. You'll always remember how you got that. And that that's exactly what it is. So those are the, call it the unofficial badges of honor. Well, like any fish story, every time you tell it, it tends to get a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay, well, that'll be it for right now. We will resume again when we were with Mandy this afternoon because we do want to find out a whole lot more about the program that she's going to do this summer that's actually put on by the University of Iowa, but they invite students from Nebraska to go to it. And it's in northern Italy, so Mandy will share a lot of that information with us. So until then, happy trails. Well, good afternoon. It's Friday afternoon, and Rich and I are at Brewski's Food and Spirits, along with Amanda. We just met up with her, and we thought we'd take a few minutes and talk a little bit about the program that Amanda has been accepted in for this coming summer in Italy. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the program that you've been accepted into and how long it is and where you're going to be. I'm going to the base of the Italian Alps in northern Italy. I am going for my minor, which is global leadership, and it requires me to study abroad. And I learned about this program freshman year they market it slightly heavy. There's two other programs run by UNL, so they don't market this one as much since this one isn't run by UNL, but it's about just shy of a month program, and I'll be taking two courses. One of them is global economics, and then the other one is Inchota Italian and like Italy, so like all thing Italy, so like Italian and culture and everything. And then I'm not sure exactly what the program looks like day to day, but I do know like we take trips into like the nearest towns and like get to know the locals and there's weekend trips you can take to like any other country in Europe if you want to based on your, based on what you want to do. I understand the location of it is in an area where there, it's a uh, private school that you're going to be at? Yeah, so it's actually a elite boarding school, K-12. to So it's not actually necessarily like a college campus. From what I understand, it's like a really elite boarding school. A lot of high-up people send their kids to. So are you planning on either leaving earlier than your program starts or staying longer to tour the uh, country a little bit? After, because the program starts maybe a week after I get out of school here. So, so I'm assuming at this point that your mom and dad will meet you there. I would bet on that assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for filling us in on it, because as, as we understand, it is a prestigious program, and I think you'll enjoy your, your time in Italy and get to learn a lot more about the culture and the people. So I think you'll have a great time. 
So it's Sunday morning. Was it 28th, Matt, of, of January? We're in Bridgeport, Texas. Rich and I ran into a fellow off-roader, Matt, from Austin, Texas. Matt, how you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. Great. <laughs> well, what do you think of the Bridgeport Trail here? Well, so far, it's my first time out here, but yeah, it's it's muddy. So we've been staying to some of the less technical trails, but yeah, we just hit a fun one. Yeah. They're just kind of numbered A's and, and B's. I guess there are a few names, but yeah, that one's pretty good. Matt's driving a uh, Bronco. What year is this? This is 22. One, 22, one of the newer ones. He got quite a few badges on it, so he's been doing some off-roading at it for a while. Is this the first one you've owned, or have you owned other ones? No, it's my first one. First one? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, great. Well, so far, we're having a good time. It's a beautiful day. There's not a cloud in the sky. And we decided to do it today because next weekend it's going to rain. And this is going to be really, really treacherous next week at this time. So we'll uh, get back with you in a little while. Okay, we're back to the podcast on Sunday morning. Rick, why don't you take a few minutes and tell the audience about your love for off-roading and really what you enjoy about it the most? You know, I really just like getting to places where I've never been before, seeing some great views. You know, oftentimes when you're going to places, you're you're quite a ways off the beaten path. And so I've been able to see some, some pretty amazing things. And I would say just the off-road community in general is just super fun. Meet people, hang out with them, learn about them. They all kind of have different stories and what their interests are, but I, I love everything about it. So I'm sure while you're out there, you see many different types of vehicles that people are using to do this here. You have your four-wheel drive like you have, but you also run into people that have those little motorized vehicles that they can hold four people in, and they're out there riding around too, and that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, there's all different types of off-roading. You know, the stuff that that I do is with, uh, you know, a Jeep, a, a Bronco, something that's suitable to be driven on a regular highway but you know there are other types of off-road vehicles which you which you can't people do some pretty crazy things though when i was in moab with shannon and jonathan we saw it was like a geo prism which is like a really little old thing it had enormous tires on it and you could tell that the people who are who, who were who were driving it like they had spent a lot of time on it customizing it uh, so it's really kind of fun to see those types of things. You know, the way I look at off-roading, it's like having a, a a different sport or a different hobby that you have. Some people golf, some people play tennis, some people ride horses. Here's a case here where you went out and purchased a vehicle, and you know, once you make the purchase, the biggest part of your expenses are over with, but you you definitely get your the, the usage of it, and, and I think it's money well spent if you enjoy doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I would say that the, the money is all done in the upfront because of, you know, the amount of stuff that you add on, lift kits, bigger tires, and stuff. It gets to be a rather expensive sport. You know, a lot of people, customize things do them themselves i'm not the most handy person in the world as my wife will attest to so i'm usually paying somebody to to do stuff on it but but it's super fun but yeah it's it's no different than golfing or doing some of those other other activities it's just what i enjoy to do 
I would say that maybe the one difference is, is I get to really plan it out. Living in Minnesota, we have a few places where we can go in off-road, but you know, usually traveling to a destination, right? And that's part of the experience. So it's not like it's just like golfing where you can just go somewhere, spend a day or two and then go home. It's, you know, you're usually spending, you know, two or three days driving to get to a location. And oftentimes I'll, I'll drive somewhere. I'll leave my Jeep if I eat to just to not necessarily be in it for like 10, 12, 14 straight days. Because when you get to that destination and you're off-roading, you're obviously spending time in the cheap there too. So, but it's fun. It's yeah, it's my version of of golf. So, do you have any other Jeep trips planned for the next few months? So the next one, I'm planning to go out to Arizona, and Dina and I were able to spend a lot of time in Arizona when we first got married, and want to get back out there it's been a few years and yeah also off-road in Sedona beautiful stuff up there there's some stuff outside of Phoenix some stuff outside of Tucson don't have the itinerary fully put together yet but gonna be gonna be putting that together and heading out in April so is there a big difference between doing it in the summertime and then in the wintertime depending on where you're at you can off-road and do win- winter off-roading it's off-roading is hard enough and but once you add snow ice a lot of a lot of things that you would run across on a regular road it just adds to the complexity adds to the safety that you need to need to do there's there's certainly types of things that that are fun but you hit a you get a tree stump that you don't see there because it's buried in the snow. You hit a rock that's that you just don't see. So it really just depends on the conditions. Mud can be fun in and of itself, but that brings issues and and sand as well. So they, they all bring their different hazards. I would say winter off, off-roading is, I'd rather just travel south and go where there isn't snow because then it's cold too. Well, that, you know, I often said about golf, you know, golf is hard enough, but someone somewhere down the line decided to put water, trees, and sand on a golf course to make it tougher. So it sounds pretty much the same when it comes to off-roading between the winter and the summer months. How do you like uh, golfing with uh, six inches of snow out there? And the answer is you don't. Exactly. You don't think, definitely don't do it. Well, great. Well, I'm glad we had this time to to chat about it. In the future, we need to have another podcast to talk about your other two passions, and that would be beer and hockey, or really sports, just about any, any sport that you like watching. So we will have a future podcast about that. But thanks to your time, and happy motoring. Thanks. Look forward to the other podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. So I thought I'd take a few minutes to do a wrap-up on the trip that I had to uh, Minneapolis. I arrived on Wednesday afternoon, January the 24th. Dina picked me up at the airport. We went straight back to the house, and Posh was so excited to see Pap-Pap. I thought Posh was a a puppy again. Right. She was excited. Yeah. Posh was jumping around and and really happy to see Pap-Pap. So that was a lot of fun. And we had dinner at home. Rich made homemade lasagna with homemade spinach noodles and homemade ragu sauce. And it was excellent. It was. On Thursday, 
he and I, we had lunch together at Lucky 13's, one of my favorite places to visit in the Twin Cities. And I had my usual the walleye fish tacos. And uh, as usual, they were excellent. Mm-hmm. They, they looked good. And I hadn't been to Lucky's for a while. So that was fun. And then on Thursday afternoon, Dina hosted a happy hour at the Red Rabbit. I'd never been there before. The appetizers were great and the drinks were, were also great. And a number of our podcast guests showed up, uh, Jenny Severson, Scott Mickish, Tamika Jones, Mick White, Kathy Paper, Brad Lance, Darren Lynch, Rich, Dina, and myself. And I want to thank everybody for coming because it was really great having the opportunity to meet all of these people that have been on the podcast. So Dina, thank you for setting all that up. Yeah, you, you're welcome. And you know what, John, what was so fun about it is some of those people you could tell like had met each other once or twice before. There were a couple that might know each other better, but there were some people that didn't know each other. And so there was a lot of synergy just even at the table with people connecting. And Yes, an awful lot of energy. And people were sharing a lot of information and also exchanging business cards. So you know that they'll work on getting back with each other so that they can work you know, different programs that they're working on, or you have another friend, I guess is what it is in, in the industry. And it was great just hearing him chat. Yeah. And they there were nine or 10 of us. And it's funny because it broke into groups of like three, and then there was four, and then there was two, and, and everybody contributed. Yeah, that was awesome. So from there, Rich and I, uh, on Friday morning, we we got up. And first of all, I'd like to thank Rick for including me in the off-roading experience. It was my first one that I'd ever done. And to have an opportunity to spend five days with your adult child is is wonderful. If, if you've never done it, give it a try, because it is great to spend that much time with them. Our first stop was Lincoln. We stopped on to see Mandy, and she shared with us a lot of the details of her upcoming summer trip with her business fraternity to Northern Italy. And she's really excited about that. And I'm sure it'll be an experience she will always treasure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's actually through the University of Iowa that she had to apply to go to this program. Now that she's been accepted, I've looked more into it, but it's a month over there and she's super excited. Yeah, and you could tell the uh, excitement she had because she was all smiles as she was talking to us about it. And she does have a side trip that she wants to go to, I think, Monaco. Rich said, we'll have to think about that a little bit. <laughs> we had a, a great dinner, and every time we get on these, we talk about our restaurants and everything. And my favorite restaurant in Lincoln is Napoli's Italian Restaurant. And we had a fantastic dinner there. And we just sat there and we talked and had a couple of drinks and had a great meal. And uh, we were there for a couple hours and it was a lot of fun. Nice. And then Mandy, uh, she parked at the hotel with where she met us because the great part about the Haymarket where Napoli's is, our hotel was right there. And Mandy just drove over there and parked and we could walk everywhere we wanted to go. Right. I know. It's so nice. Yeah. And then on Saturday, Rich and I got up and we drove to Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, we met up with my grandson, Jake, who was Rich's nephew. And uh, we took him out to dinner and he toured us around campus. As close as I live to Norman, I've never been to the uh, campus before. And it's really a, nice. a really nice looking campus. So we took some pictures. We walked around and went out and had a great dinner. And, and Jake enjoyed having us up there. So that was uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nice. You got to see two of your grandkids at college on this trip. 
yes, that's a great part about it. And then we came actually down back to Argyle on uh, Saturday evening. We got here about 9.30 at night, and we decided to go off-roading on Sunday. There's a place about an hour west of where I live. It's called Bridgeport, Texas, and there's a really nice off-roading park over there. And we went through that there, and we were there for about three hours just driving around and, and doing all kinds of tricks and stunts and climbing and and going through mud puddles and everything but we had uh, we had a great time and we met a guy by the name of matt who's a veterinarian from austin texas who traveled the five hours just to do off-roading there and i want to thank matt for all the insights that he shared with rich and i uh, about his off-roading that he has done in the past and, and there is a little bit on the podcast that i did with matt whenever we were there so matt thanks a lot for everything that you uh, shared with rich and i Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. It's, it's always fun to meet up with people that have, you know, like passions and lots of cool people in the off-roading community that I know Rich has met along his journeys. Well, you know, it's interesting how, you know, Rich and I were sitting in the Jeep and we were reading the map and Matt was sitting over in his and we just started talking and he said, well, I'll follow you guys for a while. So he came behind us and then we got, after doing two or three different loops, he said, okay, you guys lead and I'll follow you. So we kind of stuck together for the whole time. And it was a lot of fun to have somebody else. And we got out and took pictures and it was fun. So at that point, I look forward to more off-roading experiences in the future because it really is an enjoyable, fun thing to do. And I know how much Rich loves doing it. Yeah, awesome. And it was just a fantastic time. Good. Good, good, good. Well, I'm so excited that you guys were able to have that time together. It means as much to Rich as it does to you. So it was great. And you'll get to see him again because the Jeep is down in Texas and he'll have to figure out how to get back home. Yep. I have it sitting in front of the house right now and he'll be back on Thursday evening and we're going to spend a couple more days together before he heads back up to Lincoln and then back to the Twin Cities. Sounds good. It was a great trip. And as I said before, I look forward to the next one. Awesome. Well, we love your On the Road podcast. And you'll have one in February when you go visit Lucy in Hawaii. Yes, I plan on doing one from Oahu. And we already have uh, reservations to go to Pearl Harbor. So I hope to do one from the USS Arizona out of Pearl Harbor. Nice. Awesome. I can't wait to hear about your trip. Okay. Well, thank everyone. And I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy playing it. And as I said, it was a great five days and experiencing a lot of fun with Rich and Dina and Mandy and Jake. Yes. Awesome. Well, until we talk again, 